Friends, welcome back to the Wild at Heart podcast here in the week of September 11th, Alan, which feels, wow, we always take a moment of silence, uh, but that's a poignant, that's a poignant date if you're listening to this on Monday, the 11th, where we pause and we reflect and we give thanks and we remember uh, and and also we record the faithfulness of God to continue to guide us through a very turbulent world. Yes. And so, friends, you know the rhythm very well by now. We take a few moments to release everyone and everything to Jesus. Just whatever it is that's already grabbed you today, this week, just lay it down for a few minutes so you can be with God here. And sometimes, Jesus, I, I need to release the pressure of, of this podcast. And so we give that to you as well. And we always pray for the restoration of our union with God. We are branches. He is the tree trunk. He is the source of all resilience and love and life. Would you restore our life in you today? God, restore us in you and meet us here. Speak to us. Speak directly to our hearts and the things that each of us need from you this week. Amen. Well, friends, um, I want to daylight something for you all this week, uh, Alan and I do, because I'm having an experience here as summer shifts to fall. And I recognize September 23rd is the first day of fall. So I'm holding on to every every week of summer I can, even if it's only in name. Yeah, everybody's kids are back in school and, you know, people have shifted and the stores are full of fall stuff. And, but here, here's what's going on. I, I'm concerned about the human heart right now. Um, we love summer here in Colorado. Right. I mean, we just look forward to it so much every year. And, you know, because we, our biggest snow months are March and April. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, while the wet rest of the world's finally getting spring and it's beautiful and the flowers are coming out, you know, you get the, the dogwoods in Portland and the azaleas in Atlanta, you know. And the cold here. Yes, we're yes. shoveling our driveways right. again. Okay, so we look forward to summer so much. And it's been a beautiful summer here the last three months. It's been wet, yep. which has been really lovely and keeps the fear of the wildfires down. Everything's green. Right? Yeah. Greener yeah. than I can remember. Right. Our flowers are beautiful. And it, so it's just been, it's been a good summer, I think, for for us. And Stace and I have a little cabin up in the mountains and we spend some time up there during the summer, not as much as we'd like. But then there comes the moment where you got to pack it up and close it down. The county won't plow into where our cabin is. And so during the winter, it's just completely mm. shut down. And we don't see it for like five months of the year. So a couple of weeks ago, we were packing up. 
and it was bring the bicycles down, right? And uh-huh. yeah, all that, uh-huh. all the summer stuff and the toys and everything for the kids. And yeah, it was rough. It was really rough because there was closure. There was, there was the ending of a season that we long for. Yes. And look forward to, and it's only three months long here. I mean, summer's, you know, feels so fast. It, it feels like it does. So, we were we were feeling that shift into the fall, into the busy season, right? Right. And and all that's normal. Okay, everybody's got to do that. You know, some of you got kids back in school, or you're back in school yourself, or yeah, work's ramping back up. Um, but something else, Alan, was coming in under the under the crack in the door. Something else was coming in through that emotional um, vulnerability. We were feeling the legitimate sadness of summer passing mm-hmm. and the turn to fall. Uh, and I can't even say the word winter. <laughs> Don't say it yet. <clears throat> I mean, Don't. Yeah. Can't take it. Don't do it. Okay. That's all legit, yeah. right? Seasonal right. mood disorder is a real thing. Right. Many, many people suffer from that. Yeah. Um, the shift of seasons, the loss of something that, you, that you've been enjoying and the little bit of maybe foreboding <laughs> of uh. the coming darkness seasonally here in Colorado, at least. But, but beneath that normal human experience, um, despair was coming in. Like I could feel it, Alan, just right outside the door almost, like a presence, mm-hmm. a threat, a, a force, almost like an entity, a being, that, that despair, something darker than just, oh, gosh, yeah, I'm really sorry to see summer go. Right. It was right there at the door, and it was like, whoa, wait a second. It, it daylighted for me something that I think our enemy is trying to do to the human heart right now in the world for things that we're going to talk about in this podcast for bigger reasons. Than- so, so, John, just for right now, that sense of dread, when it hit, did you, could you have put into words what the dread was over in that moment, or was it just a little bit ambiguous, but you knew it was there? I was shocked, Alan, at how quickly I could have gone to despair. Now, I just thought personally in the moment that the despair was about summer and winter. Yeah. And and I'm not a skier, and so I don't look forward to the first big snow days and stuff. Uh-huh. I, I mean, I, I love winter has its own beauties and it has its own charms and that sort of thing. The holidays are wonderful. But I mean, by March, man, I am done shoveling my driveway and we've got like six more weeks of it. Yeah. Yeah. It finally starts getting really warm and pretty here in May. <laughs> and could snow in October, <laughs> yeah. so there's yeah, the yeah. window. Okay, all right, yeah. folks. So I'm just trying to tell you, I'm not making this up. So what I felt, Alan, was the sadness of the passing of summer, and I felt the tenderness of the heart in that. And then I was surprised at how quickly it could have gone to despair. And I'm like, wait, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I'm I'm not a despairing person yeah. normally. And I don't think this is actually worth despairing over. 
So that's what, that's what daylighted it for me for a second. I had to stop and go, wait a second. Mm. What is this? What? And then I, and then I could feel it. Then I could feel it. So can I diverge for a moment? Sure. This is a fascinating thing, folks. There's a little footnote to the podcast. If you accept the message and just go with it, you feel no resistance. If you resist the message, you will suddenly discover the force that is behind it. Okay. So let's say you've got this lifelong battle with shame. Well, the enemy knows that. And if you're just under shame and going with it, he's happy as can be. As soon as you begin to resist that and go, no, I'm tired of living under this. Whoa. Like you suddenly encounter, holy cow, there is a lot behind this. Mm. The enemy has really been yeah. on my case with this much bigger than I knew. Yes. Right? Right. And you can just, you can do that in a whole lot of different ways. The fear in the night. You know, you hear the bump in the night and <gasps> you know, there's that little bit of fear, right? You, you you go with it, you come under it pretty quickly, you resist it. And so you realize, well, wait a second, the enemy really is here trying to bring on fear. Okay. Yes, yes. What I saw was, yeah, there's a natural sadness in the passing of summer and having to put the bikes away and stuff. Yeah, that's sad. I'll miss that. I will miss summer. Mm -hmm. But I mean, in a moment, I was like ready to go to despair and I went, wait a second, wait a second. And then as soon as I began to pray about that and go, no, 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 no. I, I, I give no place to despair here. That's when I felt the force of it. Wow. Yes. And here's why I bring this up, okay? Here's where we're going today. There are many people in the world right now, both followers of Jesus and, and then those who aren't, um, yet— followers of Jesus, are, are kind of reporting this sense of imminence, like a shift is coming. Yeah. Something's going on, right? They, right. They, yeah. And I don't think it's just the changing of the seasons. It feels, people are talking about it. And, and sort of depending on the camp that you're in, it's politics, or it's the economy of the world, or it's the dollar, right? it's China, have you seen this? Totally. And the feeling of disorientation or of something shifting, I think when we try to stabilize our hearts, our minds, our thoughts, we go to whatever it is that's our normal thing that we go, it's got to be, like you said, politics, or it's got to be, oh, it's this, or it's, and the reality that you're naming is no, actually something is stirring, but it's, it's not one of the usual suspects. I mean, to me, it feels like something other is happening. Well, I think several things are going on. I think we are in a time of great transition in the world, right? I mean, great, huge tectonic plates uh -huh. are moving. Right. People are aware of that. If you just take the, the reports around the new COVID, right? The EG5, the, which is really interesting that it's called Eris which is the god of chaos, but I won't riff on that oh, right whoa. now. They've named wow. it the Eris variant, okay. which is the chaos variant. I didn't realize variant. that's what it meant. Okay. Yeah, holy cow. I could riff on that for a while. <laughs> okay, so the, people are aware. They're hearing that in their, in their news reports or at work or if they're in governmental agencies, there's already talk about, you know, maybe masks for TSA and da-da-da-da-da. Uh, yeah, I've... 
Yes. And it, I can feel my heart tank whenever those conversations start to happen because we remember back Kelly and I were talking about last weekend, like this fall has so many things that we want to see happen and that we're looking forward to. And we found ourselves saying, well, yeah, we could book a flight for that, but is air traffic going to be disrupted or for the holidays can so-and-so travel in because they really get nervous when things about COVID seem to ramp up. And so, yeah, John, it's, it's disheartening. And yet that's not to say that it's about COVID feels like it's selling it short too, mm -hmm. whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So that would be one example. You know, the global economy would be another, the dollar, all that, wherever you want to look right. politics and okay. Using the resurgence of COVID, the possible resurgence of, of, of lockdowns and, you know, restrictions or whatever, masks again and that kind of thing. That That is the sense of imminence. Oh, something's on the horizon. Something's coming, right? Right, right. <clears throat> and what does it let in? Hopelessness, fear. Like you said, dread earlier, you, you used the word dread, but like despair. Um, all of that to me is a sense of foreboding and uh, it's negative. And I find myself going, but yet I, none of it, the unknown doesn't feel like, but you know, things could be twice as good <laughs> in 30 days. Like everything could be phenomenal in the next two months. It doesn't feel at all directionally like that. It feels like everything is Whatever is happening now, it's only going to be worse yes. or go downhill. Yes. Yeah. This is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay. So even if it's just in a in your own micro environment and you're concerned about your kids' schooling, speculation never never goes in positive directions. No. Right? You, you don't go, oh, it's just going to be phenomenal tomorrow. Right. Or the big breakthrough that we've been waiting in this plan and the funding for it, it's all going to be there. Gas prices could be twice as inexpensive <laughs> in 30 days. Okay. Yeah. Speculation does not ever run uphill. It always runs downhill. It always goes into dark yeah. places. Right. Okay. But then when you get this global thing going on, when you get large numbers of people who are going, wait a second, I do sense a shift. I do feel a foreboding. And then, yeah, they read their politics into it and they go, oh, it's going to be a Trump-Biden thing or some huge expose is coming. Or they, if they're into economics, they read, you know, the economy into it. It's like, no, no, no. It's, it's, you don't know how fragile the global markets are right now. And, and it's, China's going to tank and it's going to set right. off all the, okay. Yes. The point being is the foreboding and the foreboding allows in the enemy, like right through the crack in the door. All I was doing was putting the bicycles away and saying goodbye to mm -hmm. summer, mm -hmm. but I could have gone into despair because the enemy seizes the vulnerable moment. Right. This is what I want to talk about. This is the thing because people are feeling vulnerable, whether it's the economy or the schools or their work or EG5 and coming, you know, a whole nother world of masks again and restricted travel. Yes. People are feeling the foreboding and, and it's not ushering in hope. 
John, I mean, even to make it really personal, uh, this weekend, past weekend, Kelly and I had a conversation where we're empty nesters for the first time. So this season isn't just about a changing from summer to fall, but over the summer we had our daughter in with us and she's about, she's now a junior in college, but she was in all summer and our youngest is starting college now. And so over the summer we had two of our three kids in and it was a robust, high energy, fun time, but they both left within about a week of each other oof. for college. Wait, for wait, the, can we just go oof? It, it's brutal. And it's brutal because we love their presence so much. And it was the first time we would be empty nesters. And then the week before that, our 15 year old dog passed away, mm. who was always the constant energy laughter source in our home. So Kelly and I found ourselves, we could name the reasons why things felt different. And yet this sense of loss and this sense of, um, things turning downward or darker were coming in that was far beyond like, yes, we miss our dog. And yes, we miss when our kids aren't at home. And something else was going on that we had to actively try to kind of untangle or, or clear the fog because we both looked at each other and said, yeah, like, yeah, that's, that's partially the explanation, but what we're feeling now as we look toward the fall isn't just that. Something else is going on. If we just call it that, we're going to go into a season more blind than we need to because we're going to attribute it to something when something actually bigger is at play. Yeah. So sending the kids away, oof. Empty nest, oof. It's real. Those yeah. that's Losing your precious dog of 15 years? Is horrible. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. Those are all real things. But you were feeling something else. What? What's that something else? Yeah, it was a I was feeling something and, and Kelly was, and we were both like, there's a doorway. This is getting in through a doorway. And what I was feeling, John, my I always described it as I somehow feel like my story is losing pieces and as everything goes, feels like it goes away. I, I just told Kelly, I, I think I feel irrelevant. Like I feel like life is continuing in all these other ways, but our story is getting smaller. Like when the kids are around, there's a hundred things we're either doing or talking about or preparing for and, and it was the first time in our marriage. Uh, I mean, we had kids like less than two years into our marriage. So for the last 25 years, there has been no just us. And, and so there's all the normalcy of the empty nester. But through that doorway, it was, I kind of feel less relevant now. And I know that's not true, but it feels like a season of loss and irrelevance even though, like with our kids, they're both in phenomenal places in their life and yes, all that. So yeah, yes. it, that was what I would describe. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for the vulnerability of that. Exactly. Some of what you're describing is just true. It's, just, I mean, to have the kids gone, to have the dog gone now, that's that is an empty house. That's hard. 
right? And you wonder, what are we about now? Right. Okay, that's real. What you were also describing is something else felt like it was trying to get in through the door. Mm -hmm. I think this is going on on a huge scale. I don't think it's just me and Summer and you and Empty Nest. I don't. Right. Because I'm hearing it from other people. I'm seeing it in their faces. I'm catching glimpses of it in conversations at Starbucks. Mm -hmm. I hear it. I hear it in the air. And, and what it is, it is there is some sense of an open door. It's the economy. It's the politics. It's education. You know, where is the world going? You know, and then something else trying to get in through that that feels like hopelessness or fear, yeah. like foreboding or, or, or despair. Yeah. Okay. This is what we're trying to expose. And and gang, like n never before, I think in the history of the world, have Jesus's words been more practical and more helpful in terms like when he says things like, do not worry about tomorrow. It, it just, it, it's almost like cold water in the face. You're like, what? Right. Like, what are you talking about? Of course I should worry about tomorrow. And I should worry about the day after that too. And I should worry about this fall. And I should worry about the 2024 elections. And, you know, and he says, look, that is going to take you down so fast. It's going to get you spun up and wrung out. It is so deadly to the human heart and soul. Speculation, oh, negative speculation, right, worry, right. foreboding, doom, despair. Right, that is not from God. Well, and not and not worrying is key, but also I think not trying in our self effort to overcome it through numbing, right? Or because I mean, when we worry, we can either spin ourselves up or we can kind of check out to try to get relief. And and I think Jesus addresses both, but for us, it was over the weekend we can't we can't just push something down and pretend it doesn't exist and go numb or seek distraction and busyness and relief, which allows you to have to just sit with Jesus and, and go into the storm. Like I think John with him, like don't worry. And also don't try to have a quick fix, like a bandaid mm -hmm. as you figure it out. Only Jesus, only our union with him. We process everything through him, whether it's the loss or the fear or the sense of foreboding. Mm -hmm. You've got to get Christ into that because the enemy wants to usher in darkness. He does. He wants to bring in the fear, you know, the loss, the, the foreboding, the doom, the dread. He does. Yeah into the world right now. And this must be resisted. Back to my little footnote. And you'll see, you'll see the strength of it as soon as you start to resist it. You go, whoa, this thing is stronger than I thought. This, this feels almost outside of me. And it is. It's an external force that's trying to get in through these various doors and windows and cracks yeah. of, of human experience right now. So I just just some pieces of really concrete counsel here. Do not face your battles twice. I forget the author who, who said, 
the coward faces his battles twice, once in his fears and once when he's on the field. Like you're just exhausted by the time you wow. get to it. Yes. You can't face your battles twice with speculation and how's it going to go? What's going to happen? And is the economy going to go down? And then what are we going to do? And da, 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 you know, you, it, it, for one, you, it doesn't do anything, right? right? Jesus says, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Like it accomplishes nothing positive. But it actually is very, very destructive within the human body. This was the tragedy back in 2020. So, you know, the pandemic did roll through and the quarantines and the lockdowns and all that stuff. Um, And they just kept promoting fear. It was the death count in New York, the death count in Paris, the death count in New Delhi. And and it's like, folks, this is not how you fight a pandemic. You don't erode everybody's immune system through fear and stress. Right. <laughs> like right. you are doing the exact opposite of what we need to be doing, which is hope and joy and love and the presence of God. So, so it's just an example of your body responds to speculation and, and it, it wears you down. That's good. Your soul yeah. responds to fear, worry, foreboding, and it drains you of love and and the capacity for hope and for joy. So don't fight your battles twice. Okay. I'm thinking of the, the beautiful story that Corey Ten Boom used to tell. Do you know who Corey Ten Boom is when I talk about her? I know who she is from like grade school, (laughs) (laughs) but describe her. All right. Nazi Holocaust, Holland, Corey, uh, the Ten Boom family were watchmakers, uh, Christians, and as the Nazi persecution and the Holocaust of Jews began to sweep through, they began to hide uh, Jews in their home. They had a wall, a fake wall. Uh, actually, I think it was in Corey's bedroom. She was a little girl at the time, and they would hide Jews in there. Um, they get found out. They get arrested. Her father, her sister, and Corey get arrested. Her father dies uh, 10 days in prison. He dies. So Corey and her sister are eventually uh, in one of the concentration camps. And and the book, The Hiding Place, is this extraordinary story of not only them preserving their own faith and hope in it, but leading Bible studies mm-hmm. in the gulag, in the in, in the in the dorms there, uh, in the concentration camp. Um, Corey's sister dies. Uh, Corey is the only one to survive. And later in her ministry then, she, she had a beautiful ministry teaching and speaking and discipling. She would say this. She says, God provides the grace when you need it, not beforehand. And she told this little sweet story about as a little girl, uh, her father would say to her, Corey, when do I give you the ticket to get on the train? And she would say, oh, when, when it's time to get on the train, Papa. And he says, yes, that is when God provides his grace for us, when we need it. Mm. Okay, so it's a lovely story that just helps me remember. Yeah. You, you don't get the grace ahead of time, gang. You just don't. And even in positive things, you could have a wedding coming up or you just started grad school or, or you know something's coming down the road. you got a big promotion in three months. You will not have the grace for it right now, positive or negative. You've got a surgery coming. 
you know, you, you are sending your kids away, right, to right. college. Right. You don't get the grace six months ahead. You get the grace when you need it. And so this is why it doesn't help to worry about what's coming down the road and what might this imminence be and what might this big shift be that people feel is coming. You don't have the grace for it right now. God will give you the grace for whatever it is that does unfold. And we don't know. We're not making projections right now. We don't know about the economy. We don't know about EG5. We're just saying the imminence is there. People are talking about it. It's an open door to fear, hopelessness, despair. And, and, and I mean, I could go there. I, I, like if, if they go, yeah, masks, masks again, I'll just be, <laughs> I'll be ready to slip my wrist, man. Yeah. I, mean, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Right. Not again. Right. Well, I don't have the grace for it right now. You see, all I'm doing is speculating about it without the provision of God for the moment. So it doesn't help to fight your battles twice. It only wears you down. And the grace comes when you need it. Did you, and, did you and Kelly have grace for, for taking the kids off to school? Yeah, we did. Um, where I saw the grace even more was with our 15-year-old dog, where um, I was, it looked like in June that he had his last like days ahead. And the vet said that, and it was basically leading to, hey, when you come back, the next time is probably to put him to sleep because there's nothing we can do. He's having many strokes. And and so between the beginning of June, John, and mid-August, he actually rallied and had, in between many strokes, had some of his best days and joy. And he was alert and active, but it was up and down. But I found myself saying, I, as long as there's, as long as he wants to live, I don't want to take him in and put him down. And so I was kind of the defender of, I want to keep him going as long as he wants to go. And one morning in August, I was with him and, and he, his body started to obvious, have obvious signs of giving out. And God gave me the grace in that moment to go. Now's the time. Like now, like what I could never have pictured in June or July. There you go. uh, God gave me the ability and love and and to see in him that now is the time. And that's when the grace came. And it was incredibly hard. The drive to the vet, the time there, my wife and daughter were with me. Um, But it was, it was actually a really tender, beautiful moment of release in something that would have created fear and dread if I had thought about it very long, even weeks or months before. Right. Right. You didn't have the grace. Right. Weeks and months before. There was no grace. Right. You had the grace when you needed it. All it would have done earlier was create fear. Yes. And dread. Yes. And yet in the moment, there was a real peace of release that was able to happen. And, and so what you're describing is so right on. It's so real. And, and it wasn't even something I could have mustered up out of all the knowledge mm. I had of, of what I should do mm. until I needed it. 
and then God gave me that ticket or that that yeah, grace. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, folks, this is really important right now. The practice of benevolent detachment, the practice of Jesus, I just give everyone and everything to you right now. Whatever's trying to get in, fear, foreboding, hopelessness, oh no, not again. Like it 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 doesn't get in if we don't open the door to it. Now, this is probably going to take some prayer for some people. Like, I renounce hopelessness. Like, out loud, you say that. I renounce fear. No, I am not giving way to despair. I, I bring the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I bring the power of his love. I bring the kingdom of heaven yes. against fear and foreboding and despair. You may need to do that, folks. I did because it wasn't just about summer. Yes. It was about the forces of darkness trying to get in through the vulnerability and usher in despair, which I do think is one of his plots right now. Okay, So you may need to out loud, renounce it, pray mm -hmm. against it, reject it, and don't go to speculation. Don't go to, yeah, but what if? Because you don't have the grace for that right now. God will give the grace when you need it. So I'm going to read from Matthew 6. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. They're not farmers, right? <laughs> they don't seem to have a job, okay? Yeah. And yet, your heavenly Father feeds them. And are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Okay, so you think Jesus would wrap it up. You're like, that's a really beautiful thing. He doesn't. He keeps going. And... Why do you worry about clothes? See the flowers of the field. They do not labor or spin, right? right. Yeah, they don't go to Banana Republic, right? Or, you know, whatever store it is you shop at. And yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, Will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? Or what's coming? What's coming? Oh, is it China? Oh, is it the U.S. dollar? Wait, it, no, it's EG5 and it's mass. I know Biden's going to do it again. I know it. I see it. He's literally saying, do not do that. Yes. For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows what your needs are, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. You know, he's, he's not yeah. like a wishful thinker. He's, he's a brutal realist. He's like, look, you got enough trouble for today. <laughs> right. He's not saying there's no trouble. Right. It's like the grace is in today. 
Okay. Do not go into tomorrow. Do not go into speculation, fear, foreboding, and do not let this stuff in, especially the despair that is trying, I think the enemy's trying to sow into the human heart right now. Well, part of it, as you were reading that to me, is where am I letting that in? And if I'm honest, the news, social media, is a huge door that gets open because everything about those mediums are, no, 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 here's the things to worry about for yeah. tomorrow, Yeah. right? And so part of it, yeah. as you're talking, is I need to pray certain things off and I need to change my where I spend my time because if I'm spending my time in something that's generating fear and worry, yeah, like the news yeah. constantly, yeah, that's not helpful. Yep, yep. So this began, friends, with Stacy and I putting the bicycles away <laughs> and closing up the cabin for summer. And and yes, I'm sad. I am. I am sad that summer is passing. And I am holding on to every beautiful day. I really am. I'm just drinking it in. I'm taking walks in the morning with the dogs. And we're sitting on the deck in the evening and saying our evening prayers, just enjoying the summer that is still here, the beauty of it. Yes, that's real. Okay. But no, no to the foreboding and to the despair. You can't let this stuff into your heart and soul. It's awful. Okay. Okay, everybody. 